0: So the first step is asking um, what the, of course, the daily, uh, aside from the work, what, uh, what's the relationships like in the office? And usually companies that have good culture will have um, uh, what would be the opposite of <laughs> warning signs, but the positive attributes that you can get to experience. So for example, when I came in for an interview, they encouraged me to talk to other folks in the office and uh, they just sort of pulled them into the meeting. So it was spontaneous. Questions were raw, and you got a raw answer back. So things that weren't filtered.
1: Welcome. Hey, leaders. I'm really excited to be bringing to you a uh, really quite a young leader. He's, he's, a, he's about a, a decade or a dozen years out of school um, in, our, in our program, uh, Merv D'Souza. Um, he ha- uh, has had two really successful successful jobs. Now he's, he's leading a, a health and technology firm, um, their sales, their sales leadership and sales development. And on top of that, he's running a uh, real estate investment firm called Blue Acre Capital, and um, he talks about um, you know some of the some of the things he's learned in the real estate investment firm, what's working for he and his partner to really make the strides that they want. Um, he sh- he shares a bunch of the things that he's still using from the Student Works Management program now that's making a difference in his life. I know you're going to love the conversation really bright, really analytical, um, an amazing young leader. So, uh, so I know you're going to love that. So, um, and then we are right in the middle of our recruiting season. We are looking for more amazing young leaders. Please send them my way at chris at LeadersPodcast.ca. Please send me any feedback or information that you'd like me to have. Um, and, uh, again, Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, please take a listen to this podcast. Cheers. So, Merv, thank you very much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Pleasure to be here, Chris. That's yeah, yeah, it's a real, it's a real pleasure, and I know it's been it's been a while since we personally connected, so this is a great opportunity for 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 us. I know, I know, you were involved really successfully in our program a number of years back,
0: and and so tell me what you were like before our program. So. Now, this is thinking back 10 plus years, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, but before joining Student Works, I'd uh, come through from a very academic-oriented family. Mm. And business wasn't really in, in the cards. So through high school, focused on the sciences, applied to university, medical sciences. Uh, I was at Western, so they had, the, they had a great business program, and I applied for the business program, too. However, that starts in year three and four. Right. So the first couple of years, it was medical sciences, and that's really where my mindset was. And the first introduction I had to the business world, and it's silly when I hear people say introduction to the business world because technically everything you do is business. That's exactly that's what I, I think.
1: That's right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just what people say. That's right.
0: Right. Right. It was more of a getting my eyes opened. I still remember sitting with, uh, during the interview process, uh, I was on campus at Western. And, uh, understanding what it was that student works did and uh, really opened my eyes to a different way of looking at things. So not only looking at um, entrepreneurial items from a different lens, but also the day-to-day problems that I faced, school, everything from a different lens. And it allowed me to think about things a little bit more creatively uh, right. rather than a step-by-step approach, which is sort of what you see in the scientific world, which is very rigorous step-by-step, it was now, hey, there's a whole set of options available. You can go and pick and choose. You can go create your own path. And eventually I ended up dropping medical sciences, focusing just on business. Um, never looked back since. My parents would say I'm a little disappointed that I'm not a doctor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my sister did that, uh, but <laughs> No regrets on my side.
1: <laughs> so a little disappointed to your parents, but not for you. Good. there you go. <laughs> you know, and you own your life so so good. there we go. <laughs> so uh, what was your biggest frustration as a teenager Merv before you got
0: started in business? So one of my biggest frustrations was not uh, having a good idea of uh, career opportunities so um, again, like I said, it was pretty narrow, the focus uh, that I had for what career options are there. Um, my mom, she's an she's academics. My dad as well in academics. Uh, I was the oldest in my family, from siblings. So right. that was just the path I knew. Um, and everything that I sort of found out was either through reading newspapers or even friend circle is sort of limited. A lot of my right. friends currently that are from trace uh, back to my high school days, they're all even, either in the sciences or in academics. So, StudentWorks um, really alleviated some of those frustrations by showing me hey, there are different opportunities available. Um, and as I started sort of progressing in university, a lot more of those opportunities became uh, known. Right. Not just the StudentWorks program, but also the folks that I met at StudentWorks. I remember folks that whose parents owned businesses, whose parents were in real estate. Um, those sort of conversations sort of got the creative juices flowing and said, wow, you've got career option, A, B, C, all the way to Z, not just uh, one.
1: Yeah. And it is interesting. I think that's one of the biggest things for our young leaders is coming through the school environment. And it's great. And we are so blessed to have a great school system here in Canada, right? It's like, you know, grade one through 12. And then wow, which university you're going to choose is what most of our you know, uh, you know, people in our program or what university, not are you going to university, right? We have one of the highest levels of uh, per- participation in university. And so it's so hard not to see school as leading to a career, and it's just what? a direct, "Oh, this is, and then I'm a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or a teacher, or you know, rather than there's this enormous space called business. You know, mm-hmm. and like you said, real estate or running my own business or all the different types of things that we that you you're aware of, etc., that a lot of our leaders are not. And it's, right. it's 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 it really is incredible. Uh And my eyes are continuing to be open to especially to the the business to business opportunities. You know, it's like, oh, I'd see painters. I see plumbers. I see, you know, um, you know, Amazon or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't see. All these business-to-business opportunities that are out there too, and and, and Sure. Um, but uh, so, what do you still rely on from the program, Murph?
0: So one of my biggest takeaways, um, well, actually, this two big takeaways. Uh, I feel like at every uh, stage of your career or your life, you try to take. At least personally, I try to, to, to have uh, one, two things that I can take away. And, uh, keep, of course, right. when you reflect back on your learnings and. Yeah key things one is relationships uh, they matter yeah and it goes beyond just business relationships it uh, also you know, of course personal life for sure they matter yeah um, I found that if you focus on building the relationship um, things mess up that's that's life things mess up but if the relationships in place you have uh, something to go back on and people understand at the end of the day um, you're negotiating a Thousand dollar paying job or a million dollar contract that's B two B sale. The people across the table from you, I've got same issues at home. They've got yeah. kids to take care of. They got to pay the mortgage. They got to pay the car lease. Whatever it is, yeah. and if you understand them as a person, it makes not only the relationship of doing business a lot more uh, worthwhile because I've got some great clients that I know on a personal level. But it also allows you to fall back on that relationship in the event that things don't go smoothly. Yeah. So. That's sort of my big one. Um, And the second one is, (laughs) I believe it was uh, you, Chris, or Corey. I can't remember what uh, what you said. Um, When you're out cold calling, it doesn't matter if you commit to do it for an hour. If you get one in an hour, that's great. If you get 10 in an hour, that's great. Commit to do it for an hour. And sometimes uh, it's just about sort of restructuring how you're looking at a problem. So you can go out and say, I want to get five leads. And you spend three, four hours there and you're frustrated. Yeah. However, if you commit for that one hour, um, doesn't matter if you get one or ten. You know what you've set. You're able to schedule this day in and day out. And there's just a different way of looking at a certain problem.
1: Yeah, and just holding yourself accountable to the activities that you set, and that mm-hmm. overall, because you you know we both know, and you know uh, business is a numbers game. That's you know, and that that. Oh, it, but if 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 we just put the activity in we're gonna get a certain amount of success. Like there's really one of the things I like to say, Merv, there's two things that matter. Are we putting the activity in? Okay, and then enough said about that. And then the second thing is, we can just keep getting better and better at that activity, right? So it's, so it's like, and, and it's kind of trying to separate those things, okay, take the stress away. It's like, I'm going out and I'm going out for this amount of time. And then I'm gonna keep trying to get better and, I, and, and because otherwise I think we can get caught in, it's not going well today right and, and and it's like you know it's just like hold on let's if and if we do that then we're way less likely to perform very well right and for so, sure it's a negative cycle it's a negative cycle
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: so it's and that's and that's something that we've gotten clear and clear about you know coaching and directing our team about so so you know more of after after graduating from ivy you know what why don't you describe your your career progress
0: sure so uh during the summer um Spent a couple summers with Student Works, and then uh, last summer, spent it in the financial sector right. on the private equity sites. So that was good. But then coming out of university itself, uh, ended up working for a retail technology company called Red Iron Technologies. It was great. We were a team of around 40 people, sold to some pretty big-name retailers like Williams-Sonoma, Sephora, Tommy Hilfiger. So that was great experience, spent around six and a half, years there. Sometimes I tell folks uh, maybe two years longer than I should have. <laughs> but, uh,
1: <laughs> what what started what started to change that makes you feel that way uh, now? Like what you know, just because that's a that's a yeah. great indicator for our leaders as well. You know, okay, when when does it start to go, well maybe I should be moving on.
0: Yeah. So you know what's interesting, I do a lot of engineering now to uh, to recruit. And I also end up coaching a few folks that are uh, in business school and are looking to come out. And some of the things that everyone says is what's important to you. And they say culture. And when I dig into that, I say, well, what do you mean by culture? Because I remember giving that same answer. And I feel like when you're coming in, you don't really understand what sort of culture you want. It's a, it's a go to answer, but what changed uh, red iron, going back to your original question is that culture Um, it's, Knowing that you want to come into work, you're excited to go into work, and you're you're like you know I don't really need to leave work. Well, it's good to leave work; like balances and of course, form, But yeah. you're comfortable if you're spending an extra couple hours there. Yeah, um, you enjoy the people that you work with. You enjoy the work that you're doing. And unfortunately, at Red Iron, uh, some of those check boxes start to get unchecked uh, towards the tail end. And there were signs, there were warnings, and it's something that I should have of course done personally. It's still a great company. It just wasn't uh, going, for, going for me. Uh, so eventually I pulled the plug and when I looked for my next job, which is now what I'm doing at MeshMD for the last three and a half years, um, culture was important and this time I knew exactly what I wanted when it came to culture. Awesome. I was able to ask the right question mm-hmm. um, and uh, in fact I had a chance to meet the entire company before joining I knew exactly what I was looking for in my next, uh, next move and so far I can say no regrets, completely enjoy it and love it.
1: That's 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 awesome. So so let's dig into that because I think um one of the things that we do best at, at Student Works is culture. People have a hard time leaving us, which is which is great. And and uh and it's it's fun to be here. So how did you discover that in the recruiting process? How did you feel end up feeling comfortable? Because because clearly you were comfortable going in with what to look for and now you're winning at it meaning you're you're winning at hey this is a really good culture so what were you doing Murph to find that out
0: so the first step is asking um what the of course the daily uh aside from the work what uh, what's the relationships like in the office right and usually companies that have good culture will have um what would be the opposite of warning signs, but the positive attributes that you can get to experience. So for example, when I came in for an interview, they encouraged me to talk to other folks in the office and uh, they just sort of pulled them into the meeting. So it was spontaneous. Uh, questions were raw and you got a raw answer back. So things that weren't filtered. Yeah. I also did a lot of my own due diligence. I reached out to past employees and I said, hey, what'd you guys think of this? And uh, how'd you feel about this? Um, aside from that, there's softer things. So I see the, we will end MS at the back. And I remember student works being involved with the MS yeah. at, at mesh. We do as well. So, um, charitable access, uh, aspect as well. So every year they, we do the MS bike ride here in Toronto, awesome. kilometers, and everyone's encouraged to do it. And it's something that they highlighted, resonated with me and said, you know what, if you're able to look at, um, yourself and the people around you as bigger than just the business that you're trying to do, it uh, speaks well because bottom line is important. However, at the end of the day, the relationships, the people and the lives that they live are also very important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I just I, I love that. And, and I love as well um, uh, that you were out reaching out to people. You know, and and you can easily do that through LinkedIn, through Facebook, find reconnect. I know my um, my my son did that when he found a consulting role, and it is like he spoke to all sorts of people. And again, it's like, okay, that's what I'm looking for. I can see that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, And uh, so that's no, that's that's wonderful. Hey, leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now, and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. And so what is what is your role now? What what is um mesh MD doing?
0: Yeah, so my role is heading up our sales and marketing. We're a small, we're they, 26 people. We just hired one more this <laughs> yesterday. Right. Uh, we're a healthcare technology company. We develop uh, technology platforms to allow uh, physicians to prescribe complex therapies. So MS is actually one of the areas we work in. Oncology, rare disease, uh, inflammatory bowel disease, arthritis. So all of those complex diseases we right. allow physicians to prescribe and then manage their patients on therapies prior it's all paper and facts and we come in we automate a lot of these okay okay great pretty neat we're making differences in people's lives on a daily basis and it's amazing to sit down with a patient group and say hey i was waiting for a month or two months for my therapy and physicians were able to use your technology and uh, now i'm on my drug and that my life's going Awesome. Awesome. See, yeah. and, and, and again, like that, that matters, right?
1: It's like, okay. And obviously as well, it matters that you're again, making, making headway in your financial goals and et, et cetera, mm-hmm. that matters too. But right. again, um, no matter what somebody like you is going to make headway in their financial goals and someone like me is going to make headway in my financial right. goals. It's it's, we can do that and make a difference in the world, right? We can do that For and sure. do good work. So, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um. And so, Obviously, again, it's kind of interesting. You're using, you know, um, your your science background and you're combining it with your business. Surprisingly, background. Surprisingly, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Does that count for your parents?
0: <laughs> if, if you ask my mom, as I asked her a couple of weeks ago, because my sister, she's a physician. <laughs> uh, I'm prouder of you. So. <laughs>
1: oh, great. Oh, that's nice. That's nice.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so, so I noticed as well that you also have established a real estate investment firm.
0: So, so I did. That. Yeah. So back in 2013, uh, one of my friends uh, who I went to high school, high school university with, we had some cash flowing around, so we yeah. started to do decently well in our careers. And we said, well, what do we want to do? And we brainstormed a few different things. And we said, all right, well, let's incorporate and mm-hmm. start investing in real estate. So we went through a couple projects. We bought uh, uh, Triplex in Hamilton. Okay. Uh, we first managed that and did the rental thing. And uh, a year and a half in, we said, the rental route is not for us. Okay. Uh, active management just because we had our two full-time careers yeah. um so we ended up exiting out of that and then we started just looking at either flips or buying something that's uh under distress and uh selling it for a premium so we did um stuff in london ontario uh, we right now have a pretty big project hamilton a uh, couple things in Toronto. so it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. it, we've actually this folks that have come out and said, hey, we'd love to contribute in. So we've taken up uh, small raises of money as well. Okay, great. And, uh, put that in. So it's still something that we can uh, get away with spending no more than 5 to 10 hours a week on. Right. Or sometimes you're spending 30, 40 hours as you're executing a deal. Yes. But uh, it's a lot of fun because we're not playing in the convention uh, real estate market. So a lot of things that we're buying are usually under distress or private transaction that's not available on MLS. So, right. We've gotten good at doing a lot of due diligence, um, everything from title searches to visiting the properties to contacting neighbors. So that's where a lot of the effort goes. And then the actual execution of the deal is uh, usually one day, but it's all the groundwork. And uh, for every, I'd say, 30 deals we look at, only one actually goes through. It's,
1: it's, it's interesting. We had Corey McKinnon, and I know you know Corey well, mm-hmm. uh, uh, earlier, and that's actually the number he was mentioning to me as well, is just, you know, look through. It's all done on the buy, right? It's all, of course. you know, and, and, and uh, one of the things I love about your, your share here is, is that there really is something to the real estate business around, if you're in the rental space, you have to consider a, another part-time job. It just yeah. is. And don't kid yourself. It's a bunch of extra work. And so if you've got a active career and you're it, it, that, it just may not work, um, you yeah. know, just putting in, and, and I know that's, that's prevented me from getting in into the, into that side of the business. It's a great business and don't kid yourself.
0: It takes up time. And, and it certainly does. Yeah. And I still uh, remember the sort of 3am calls uh, from the yeah. tenant saying, Hey, mm-hmm. the, the toilet's on the fit. And uh, you're calling up a plumber to try to get to Hamilton on a Sunday at 3 a.m. It's a premium. So, um, look, uh, not to say, as you mentioned, a lot of people do really well in it. And it's Mm -hmm. for some people. Uh, What we realized, it wasn't for us, given where we were with our uh, full-time jobs. And we were happy with taking a bit more, again, passive, ongoing management, but a lot of uh, strategy and due diligence on the buy. Exactly, exactly. And and again, by the sounds of it is
1: as well, you know, in knowing you, Merv, that's also something that you enjoy, right? You know, like, you know, again, doing doing the analysis, doing the work, looking strategy, you know, also as well, I'm sure, you know, it's also a bunch of relationships because how do I find the deals? Um, you know, you sure. have relationships, I'm sure with people who go, oh, I know Merv will, I, I think this is a good deal. This is something Merv and his partner would be interested in. Let's connect with Merv. You know, that's For sure yeah for sure.
0: so. You got it yeah.
1: awesome awesome Well, that's exciting and and so what about you know biggest mistakes or failures? Oh, so that's interesting
0: so I'd say there's a couple of them so recently uh recently probably about half a year ago, I had to let go of my uh one of my first hires, so actively let go um and that was a challenge um more it's a it's a tough conversation to have for sure. Uh, Especially, it wasn't anything in particular. It was just uh, being on the sales side. Of course, if you're not performing, uh, you're not making the money you thought you would make if something's commission-based. Yeah. And uh, from our side, we're not seeing the value. So good for both parties. However, the actual conversation was a tough one. To have. Sure. And uh, fortunately, my CEO was able to coach me through this. Uh, how do you sort of do that? I've managed people before, but I never really had to let go of someone who's been there for an extended period of time. Yeah. So failure was, of course, making a bad hiring decision and uh, sort of do your best. And uh, we have a great team now, but uh, trying to understand what the red flags were, evaluating the decision. And then the learnings were, of course, uh, how do you let go of someone and do it in a gentle enough way that they feel valued. And, that, of course, there's no hard feelings. Because, well, right. That's life. Hopefully he's off to something better uh, and we're in a better place. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Like, again,
1: not every role is for everybody. You know, there's a lot of roles I would really suck at. So, so, you <laughs> know, just, yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, getting that. And again, and, and, and again, I'm not surprised as well that you're coming from the space of, Hey, how do I do this respectfully and with consideration, you know? Um, and, uh, um, yeah, again, putting the pe- person first. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of times people don't see that that's really, again, what a successful business looks to do. Why wouldn't you look to do
0: that, right? It just of course. course. Yeah. Another one that sort of comes to mind is um, the biggest failures. This is more on the monetary side. We're mm-hmm. a seven-figure project, a year and a half in the making, uh, multiple stakeholders in place. And we had a pretty large portion of that committed out of the mm-hmm. build. Um, this was during my time at believe It was two years ago. And towards the tail end, it took uh, one person who didn't want this project to happen, sort of pull of strength, and it unraveled at the sort of uh, 11th hour. Oh. It was crushing. It was absolutely crushing. Not only, course, I could see exactly how much dollars I personally lost from there, but course, right. the company, it was yeah. counting on this deal. So that was a big, uh, big failure in my mind. And uh, what came out of that was understanding where it broke down, dissecting, uh, all the different things that took place and of course it goes back to the earlier comment what i learned uh, learned from uh, student works and what it took away is the relationships right so understanding what relationships are strong where they were weak and I'm identifying the weak relationships and that's exactly where uh, it unraveled and then from the strong relationships i was actually able to salvage portions of that and translate into other business opportunities but uh, dissecting that was was helpful the yeah. failure was uh, painful for the first little while. <laughs> it is
1: it is and and uh yeah and, and and partly as well is is that is that that's business right is it and that's life is that, that is. invest a bunch of time and sometimes it's not going to turn out how you how you how, how you want but it's great as well that you know um you know you're uncovering what are the lessons you know what's going on and and, and also as well one of the things that i see in in, in lots and lots of businesses is that People continue to do business with who they're used to and who they can trust. And mm-hmm. It's like, okay, hey, you know, um, you know, I can count on this person to, you know, they've seen all the the, the facts, not pull out at the last moment because that's a real right. that's a real you know, harmful thing for all of us, right? For sure. For yeah. sure. yeah. Yeah. So um yeah. so, so as um you know, as you went from like sort of that university student to, you know, creating creating value uh, as, a, as a senior manager and, and, and owning your business. What did you have to change about yourself, Murph?
0: Yeah, so I find that uh, we've touched on this a little earlier as well. The school system is phenomenal. Uh, love it and love how uh, we, have it, we have it set up, especially here in Canada. Um, however, it's a very step-by-step um, regimented process. Right. And sometimes when you talk to folks and you ask them, what's your, what's your end goal? Sometimes school becomes the end goal of going to school. Well, right. I want to do well. I want to get an A plus. I want to get the 4.0 GPA. Um, but sometimes it's good to take a step back and say, look, I'm doing school. I'm going to school so I can learn, get a decent foundation. But it's to launch a career. Mm-hmm. And that takes you down a hundred different paths. So being a value creator, so when like I say, school, sometimes the end goal is uh, known. you got to graduate. Right. Uh, and you have a very step-by-step process on how to get there. Um, but the end goal beyond that is a little fuzzy for a lot of people. When, I, when you're in the business world, at least what, what, what I'm doing, it's the end goal that's very clear. You know you need to hit a million and a half in sales for Q1. Right. But the steps to get there, you can go a hundred different paths. You'll have a hundred different obstacles along the way. And as a value creator, you need to understand what's the best path forward or the best path for the information you have. You're always going to pick the best path. And how do you address each of those obstacles? So understanding my limitations, that's another big one, saying this is what I can't do. I need to hire out. I need to get advice. I need to consult. And understanding what you're good at and being able to sort of balance both of those and run through, reach your end goal, That's uh, sort of the big transition that I've had to make, uh, moving from a teenager, from school years into the business life.
1: Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great. That's great. And and so if if someone wanted to do what you do, what key habits would they want to steal from you?
0: (laughs) Um, Interesting. Um, I'd say the first one is evaluate each opportunity before you jump in. uh, Because the more due diligence you do, uh, the better it is. Right. by nature, uh, it's funny. Uh, my wife, she's at a larger company and uh, she, I'd say she's a lot more risk averse. Okay. I mean, sorry, a risk taker than I am. I'm very oh, okay. risk averse, I feel, even okay. though I work at a 25 percent company. I. And your real estate deals. <laughs> yeah. I, so exactly. But I do a lot of due diligence before I jump in. Mm-hmm. And then once I jump in, it's Work hard, give it everything, because you know you've done your due diligence to make sure that this is a decent enough opportunity to invest time and effort. Um, and uh, once you, I always say, you you get luckier the harder you work. Yes. Um, and it's I find that to be very true. People say, you know, that fell into your lap, and it, it did, but it's because I picked up the phone twenty times, and on the twenty first one, something Those was not really good. One. one. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So luck is certainly a part of it, but uh, going back to folks that want to deal a couple things is evaluate the opportunity. And then once you're jumping, jump into something, give it your all. Yeah, now,
1: I think that's so true. I think, and, and I think from the outside world, a lot of times people think, oh, again, it, it's lucky or they're just good, you know, no, 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 no. It, you know, again, it's all, it's the 29 times to create the 30th opportunity. And so many right. people, when they jump into real estate, um, as an example, but they, it could be in anything, they're not willing to do it. It's, it's like in our business, you know, knocking on 29 doors and speaking to 29 people to finally find the person who says, yes, let's paint my deck. Let's, let's let's make my kitchen it's very very similar uh success route you know it's it, i'm willing to do the work to get the success that i want and to create sure. the value so that's awesome so so final question Merv. when you mm-hmm. think when you think of a leader of tomorrow
0: what comes to mind uh so it's interesting and just uh, very sort of timely the new york times released uh, an article last week and interviewed. 200 CEOs, and they said, "What you, what's important for your company?" And uh, shareholder value or driving financial returns became uh, sort of secondary. And it was things like uh, focusing on environmentally uh, sustainable practices, uh, understanding biases, whether it be gender, racial, so on, uh, sexual orientation biases that you might have in your workplace, and addressing them. And I do think uh, leaders for tomorrow. Companies at the end of the day, you're there to make uh, money and be financially secure, and I'm assuming um, most people have a good mind with that. But when it comes to the other areas, during that for our future generations, there's a water supply by taking being good stewards of the environment, yeah. make sure that everyone's got an equal equal opportunity. We're uh, allowing everyone, whether it be uh, different genders or different races, to be, be uh, able to play on a fair field. I think those are the important aspects that leaders of tomorrow need to focus on. And what's refreshing is that I see uh younger generations starting to get into this conversation on you know, social issues pretty actively. Um, and <laughs> I, I like to tell folks, be active on the social issues, but also keep in mind now there's the financial aspect too. So it's about yes. marrying both of those mm-hmm. uh, and uh, conversations on either side of the spectrum allow for a healthy debate and ideally creating a good class of leaders for coming generations. Yeah,
1: I think you're, you're, you're so right. Um, I like to say I'm 28, but clearly I'm not. Um, (laughs) and uh, I thank you. Thank you. But, you know, over the decades, you know, there's just been enormous change in, in, you know, uh, uh, you know, the structure and the, uh, the awareness and openness and equality. And there's a lot, you know, uh, further and further that we need to go as a country um and and we're doing well i think and mm-hmm. i think it's always great to sort of understand that that there there you know again as a nation and in and, and, and as a space uh uh i think i think we are doing well and there's lots yeah. of opportunity and like you said how do we mirror and how do we balance both is is mm-hmm. a challenging challenging thing because it's not as easy to say okay let's I don't know, stop using oil. Well, that would be a problem because we wouldn't be able to heat our homes or move product around. So, and uh, long-term, certainly I hope to be living in a world where they're not using oil in the future. And we've got, you know, solar power to to drive everything. So, um, but, but, but Merv, I I just, uh, I really appreciate your time on the phone and, and, uh, you know, spending time around all the, all the amazing things that you're doing in the world and you've made really an impact to our, to our podcast. So thanks so
0: much. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you for having me on.
1: Okay, you're very welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Okay.
0: Bye. Hey leaders,
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, Visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.